0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Well, today we're starting a brand new series called You Asked For It, and it's going to be a great time. This is comes from our time in February when we had Vision Sunday and you were allowed to participate and we found out, you know, what would you like to hear on? And so today we're going to be talking about the topic of forgiveness. And then next week, Pastor Mike will be back talking about spiritual warfare. So get ready, everybody. It's going to be fantastic. Good. Let's go ahead and pray together and we'll dive into God's word. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your presence. Pray you'll speak through me today. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see. I pray that our lives will be marked by you. In Jesus name, everybody says amen and amen. Forgiveness. I titled this message, if you're taking notes, The Fight of Forgiveness. And if you have your Bible or you have your cellular device, you can turn to Matthew chapter 18. We'll be looking in verse 21 through 22. We're just going to dive in here. This is what the scripture says in Matthew 18, verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall I forgive my brother sin against me? How often should I forgive my brother's sin against me and I forgive them? And he says, up to seven times. And Jesus says to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Peter comes to Jesus and Jesus has been talking about forgiveness and so Peter comes He says, hey Jesus, how many times should I forgive when I'm offended, when I've done wrong is seven times good? And Jesus says, 70 times seven. When I was studying and preparing for this message, I thought about an event that took place years ago uh, I have a great friend. His name is Paul Barry. He comes to church here. He comes to the nine o'clock normally. Him and his wife, Paul and Heather Barry, they came over to our house, me and my wife, and, and we were hanging out with them. We got a bunch of kids. And by the way, me and my wife, we're expecting our fourth child, everybody. That's right. One, two, three, four. Pray for your brother. Um, Pastor Mike says we have eeny, meeny, money, and not having no more. Well, we have any, meeny, money, and we are having one more. So where are you at, Pastor Mike? But we had, we had Paul and Heather over. And and man, it was just, we're having a good time, hanging out. And Paul does jujitsu. Anybody ever heard of jujitsu before? Okay, glory up here. Jujitsu people are like, they're they're crazy, a little crazy. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how big or small they are. Somebody who does jujitsu is the real deal. You don't mess with them. You might be able to bench press a house. Don't mess with somebody who does jiu-jitsu though. It's like martial art, combat sport, and it's like wrestling and just putting people in a lot of pain. And so Paul was over at the house and he does jiu-jitsu and he's been doing it for years and and he's pretty awesome at it. But I I mess with Paul. I'll send Paul texts and I'll send him texts of like Karate Kid. Y'all remember that great movie? Hallmark movies of my lifetime of just Daniel's son doing one of these. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all don't watch that movie? Okay, cool. Um, I I love that movie. I send him stuff like that, and he gets upset. He's like, it's not karate. And I say, I don't care. I think it's funny. And he doesn't think it's funny. And then I'll, like, send him a text, or I'll see him. I'll just say, bow to your sensei. (laughs) And he doesn't think that's funny at all. I say it every time and love it every single time. And so I, I see him, and I mess with him, and he's at my house. He's at my house, the Ray residence. And he says, David, let me put you in a jujitsu hold. I said, Paul, that sounds terrible. I don't want you to do that to me at all. He said, come on, man. Come on, you, just, just let me put you in one jujitsu hold move. It won't be that bad. It won't be that big a deal. And my kids were younger at the time. Still young, but they were younger. And they were like still the age where they didn't understand that their dad wasn't the strongest person on planet Earth. It took them a while to get that one. Um, But they were like, come on, Dad. You can take him out. Come on, let let him try to do this jujitsu hold on you. And they just kept getting after me. And, you know, I was just like, man, get behind me, Satan. You know, but they just (laughs) kept going. And so finally I was like, okay, Paul. And he put me in this jujitsu hold where he like, it's called an Americana side arm crush your body position. And and he put me, and man, I'm on the ground. I'm on the ground. And he's got like my elbows touching the top of my head. And I'm just in pain. I'm like, Paul, okay, that's good. He's got my legs all contorted. I was in so much pain. I was hopeless and helpless. This is the worst thing. My kids were like right there on the ground next to me. And I can still see the disappointment in their eyes. (laughs) I promise you. Oh, they're here today. I love you guys. And and they were looking at me. They're like, come on, Dad. You can do it. And I'm thinking, I cannot do this. I'm hitting Paul because you're supposed to tap him, right? Okay, release. And he wasn't releasing. And I promise you, I remember saying this, Paul, not in front of the children. (laughs) He finally let me go. We haven't talked since, but... (laughs) I'm just messing. But he finally let me go, and and man, it was just like, I never want to be put in that hold again. And this is what I thought about as it relates to forgiveness. There is a spiritual stronghold that you and I will be placed in if we refuse to forgive people. Unforgiveness will wreck your life. It will ruin your day. It has a way of... Uh, of affecting, of impacting every aspect of who we are. It's like an infectious disease that if it's not dealt with, it just spreads into every arena of your life. It's a great robber of joy and peace and satisfaction and contentment. It will take the very life that God intended from you, for you and take it away, steal it from you. And God does not want us to be trapped. He does not want us to be bound up. He does not want us to be in any type of spiritual hold other than the hold of the Holy Ghost in our life. And the enemy's coming in. I'm telling you, the church, the believers, the people who've been saved for a few days and people who've been saved for many years, and he tries to put us in a spiritual stronghold called unforgiveness. And I love this passage because Jesus addresses the topic of forgiveness very clearly, but I love what Peter does. Peter comes to Jesus, and is and aware of the teaching during the day. And I want you to listen to this, because it's, it's a powerful context to be able to give us an insight of what was taking place. During Jesus' time, the rabbis taught this truth. They taught this to be true, that you only had to forgive someone three times. That's what they taught as far as the law, that you forgave someone up to three times, and that was it. Three strikes, and you are for real out. And Peter comes to Jesus— and he knows this law that they're teaching, the rabbis, and they get it from the book of Amos. They make up this arbitrary law because God, after three times of, of the Israel's enemies, he punished them after three times. And so they're teaching, hey, you just have to forgive somebody three times. So Peter comes up to Jesus and man, he's fired up. He, he's excited, he's confident in his answer and what he's gonna bring to the table. He says, Jesus, how often do we have to forgive people? And he says, I'm not just gonna say three times, Jesus, I'm gonna say seven times, and in that moment, and Peter thought, "Oh, Jesus, is about to be impressed." I doubled them, rabbis three, and added one, and he's thinking he's about to get a pat on the back that Jesus is going to be way to go, Pete. But Jesus looks at him, and I don't know how he says. That. I don't know if he says, "Oh, oh Peter," you know. I don't know. <laughs> you ever think about how Jesus talked? Like, what was it like? He said, "Peter." Not seven times, silly Peter, but 70 times seven. Are you kidding me? I think Peter at that moment, he'd been talking to Jesus. He just like, okay, I'm going to slide over here. He's trying to find Thomas. Thomas, make him look a little better. Go stand next to old Thomas. Jesus says 70 times seven. And we know that's 490 times, but Jesus is not saying Hey, forgive somebody 490 times and then quit. Jesus is saying, forgive them and continue to forgive them. Because Jesus understands this, that if you do not forgive, it's less about them and it's more about you. If you don't release people, then it's going to bind your life up in what they did to you. Come on, I'm preaching. You can help me a little bit better, 1115. He says, don't forgive them just three times or seven times. And I even wonder, like Peter, like he had to have been thinking, Seven times, I hope God forgives me more than seven times. Some of y'all be in a bond just driving to church. You used all seven on the way here. He says, Jesus says, keep forgiving them. Peter was still holding on to the limited terms of the law. But Jesus was introducing the unlimited terms of grace. Sometimes we'll hold on to the limited terms of what man says. Oh, I, just, I just have to forgive him once and maybe not even once. But Jesus says, I'm coming in to wreck shop and to change the the economy of the kingdom and to revolutionize your way of thinking. And I'm coming in and I want you to extend forgiveness and continue to extend forgiveness. And this is the great thing for us, that he extends forgiveness unlimitedly to us as well. How many of you thankful in here? Anybody thankful that God has forgiven you of your past? He forgives you of your present and he's going to forgive you of your future. So Peter's just taken back and Jesus says, I want you to continue to forgive And and for our discussion today, we need to understand what forgiveness is. It's important we understand what forgiveness is and what it is not. Forgiveness is the decision to cancel the debt someone owes me. It is a conscious choice. Listen to me. It's a conscious choice that you are not going to carry offense, bitterness, hate, and anger on your life anymore. It is an extension of love, mercy, and grace. And Jesus is saying, I have saved you to set you free. Don't allow the spiritual stronghold that the enemy uses through people to bind you up when I have called you to be free. I love the quote that I've heard it many times. I don't know where it originated from, but I love this quote where it says that unforgiveness is like drinking poison And expecting the other person to die. Y'all heard that before? It's awesome. And I heard T.D. Jakes say it one time. And anything T.D. Jakes just sounds better. You know what I'm talking about? I heard him one time, and I'm going to do my best T.D. Jakes for you if that's all right. He says, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Then he said this. He said, let it go, let it go, let it go. Touch three people and say, let it go. (laughs) So much better than my Alabama accent. Like, but it's the truth. You hold on to unforgiveness. You're just drinking the cup of poison every single day. It's canceling the debt. It's saying, I'm letting it go. And it's not letting go of the pain. It's not that, oh, I'm here you go. I'm not going to feel this pain anymore. I, I wish we could do that. It's not forgetting. Forgiveness is is not this, listen to me. It's not sweeping what's been done to you under the rug and acting like it never happened and acting like we're a super spiritual Christian man and that we just are immune to any emotions. It's a reality of, man, you hurt me. You did me wrong. What you said wasn't right. How you treated me was unfair, it was unjust. But forgiveness says, I'm going to cancel the debt you owe me. It also means this, and this might shock some of you. Forgiveness does not mean immediate or complete reconciliation either. We need to hear this. but Some of you are bound up in relationships that are so unhealthy for you and they're abusive to you, and they're wrong to you, and you feel like, well, I've gotta connect myself to them in order that I can win their love or in order that I can show them forgiveness. Forgiveness is not connecting to people who are damaging your life. You know what? Some of you need to separate from that person and that thing that keeps harming you. And you say, you know what? I'm not gonna be in covenant relationship with you. I'm not gonna walk down the path of life with you, but I choose to forgive what you've done to me. I'm canceling the debt. And even worse, and I'm saying with a great deal of sensitivity, please hear in my heart today. Some people in here, you have been hurt. I'm not talking about somebody like getting angry with you in traffic. Some of you have been hurt bad. You've been done wrong. I mean, wicked and vile and demonic things done. Just call it what it is. I mean, from the pit of hell stuff done to you by people who are supposed to love you the most who treated you the worst. And and this this is what the enemy does, man. I'm telling you. I talk to people all the time. They will start to blame themselves for what the person did to them. Like it was their fault. It was not your fault. Forgiveness is not saying, okay, I'm taking the blame. I'm sweeping it under the rug. I'm minimizing this. I'm making light of this. No, forgiveness says this happened. It was wrong. It was not right, but I'm letting it go in my life. I'm canceling the debt. Come on, if you believe that, can you clap your hands in here today? I'm canceling it. You know, and if we wait for the person to say they're sorry, we might be waiting a lifetime. Forgiveness is not even about somebody coming and apologizing to you because forgiveness has to be freely given. It's not attached to what they're doing. It's attached to who you are in Christ. It's a big difference. And I love the focus of Jesus and what he teaches us in this idea of 70 times seven. And I want to just for the next few moments here This gives you some insight through the scriptures, not David Ray's opinion, but through the scriptures of how we walk in forgiveness. Because I can say, hey, let's forgive. And we high five and we leave, and then we have no instruction on how to actually forgive. I want to give you just a few thoughts. The first thing is this, focus on the forgiveness you have received. Focus on the forgiveness you have received. Paul says in two passages, Ephesians and Colossians, we'll read them both, Ephesians chapter four first, it says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another. Watch this, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Colossians three, verse 13, bear with each other and forgive one another If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. If you are ever, and if I am ever gonna walk in a spirit of forgiveness, you have to know what you have been forgiven of. If we're gonna win this fight, the fight of forgiveness, you cannot grow numb to the grace that is essential for your own life. Because all of us in here, without Jesus, We are lost without the cross, the burial, and the resurrection. And Jesus didn't just forgive our sins. He paid for our sins. Without that, man, I am bound and trapped, and I'm on my way to hell, literally. But the grace of Jesus saved me, and it saved you, and it bought us, and it transformed us, and it healed us. And it wasn't what I did. It was all what he has done. And I don't know about you, but I need some grace in my life. I need grace. Man, I, I need grace from people. Because I hurt people. I hate it when I do, but I hurt people. And guess what? Everybody in here, you've hurt somebody before. You, you, you've, you've upset and disappointed someone. And Jesus has forgiven us of much. That we never grow cold and just old to that feeling of, God, you have forgiven me completely and entirely. I was talking to Pastor Terry Olivier this week and he's a pastor on staff and he preached a few weeks ago and Terry is so gifted. I don't know if you know him well, but he is just such a gifted, gifted communicator and teacher of God's word. And he said this, I've got his picture on the screen. I want to give him credit for it. Let's pull up old T.O. there. There he is. Look how happy he looks. He says, forgiveness, we can forgive perpetually because we have been forgiven permanently. We can forgive perpetually because we have been forgiven permanently. Psalm 103 verse 10 says, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Is anybody excited and happy about that truth in here? I'm gonna read it again. He does not, speaking of God, treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. If we're ever gonna walk in forgiveness, we have to know, If it wasn't for God's grace in my life, I would be dead in my trespasses and sins. The Bible says that we were dead and that we were lost, but by his spirit, we were brought back to life. That We were cleansed and forgiven completely. The next thing is this, is pray for those who hurt you. Pray for the, this is like one of those, are you serious right now? Pray for those who hurt you. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, 43 and 44, Jesus says this, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. What? Pray for those who hurt you and persecute you? I got a prayer for them. In the name of Jesus, open up the heavens, Lord. Cause fire to fall upon their house. Devour everything about them. How many of you want to pray that type of prayer? You go old school. Jesus says, pray for them. This this one's tough, but this one will transform you. I have found in my own life that I'll pray for someone. That doesn't always mean that they're going to change, but I promise you this, it will change me few years back there's somebody man they they kind of did me wrong and got me fired up y'all ever get fired up when somebody does you wrong fired up, fired up man did me wrong said something felt like they kind of stabbed me in the back I was like, man what's up with this dude i'd see this person i just start somebody talk about him Rrr. i get i get kind of mad sometimes confessing to this 1115 Get mad sometimes. I know no one in here struggles with any type of anger in here. Everybody's just perfect in here. You just, holy. Get mad sometimes. if people do me wrong, or, or worse yet, somebody does wrong to somebody I love. Oh, Lord Jesus, you better help me. Get mad. I mean, I was just, just stewing. And I, I'll tell you what I'm good at I'm great at venting. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Finding somebody who'll get on your side. You know what I'm talking about. You got that coworker, man. You just, whoo, they've been doing you wrong. You've been telling Sally all about what old Timmy did. <laughs> Sally, let me tell you about old terrible Timmy. You just go, you just start going, don't you? I start going sometimes. just like, I just can't believe they did this. Can you believe they did this? They, they had the nerve to say this. And this is what you do. You find somebody, get on your side. They just fuel that fire. They don't put it out. How many of you got friends, man, they fueling fire all the time. You're like, put that fire out. You just fuel it. Throw more wood on there and kerosene. (laughs) I'm good at venting, but this is what venting will get you. It'll get you sympathy. The power comes from prayer. And I'm telling you, I would see this guy, man, I'd get all fired up, man. One day the Holy Spirit, he convicted me so strong. He said, start praying for him, David. I said, Lord, are you sure? Start praying for him. And I started praying for him. Lord, bless him. Bless his house. Bless his marriage. Bless his kids. Lord, forgive him for what he did. I release him from what he did. Lord, I, I pray that you'll just cause his business to flourish. I pray his, his family would just have increase in all that they do. And this is what happened, man. I'm telling you the God honest truth. When I started praying for that person who hurt me, my perspective started to change. And it didn't mean that what they did was okay or it wasn't wrong, but this is what happened. God started working on the inside of me. Some of y'all need some spiritual surgery in your heart. And the only way it's going to come is a supernatural surgeon by the name of the Holy Spirit that when you start praying, you start pressing in, he starts doing a work on the inside of you. I love Jesus because Jesus was the greatest preacher ever lived, not just because he had the greatest content, but also he followed through with what he preached. Look at this passage in Luke. Same person in Matthew chapter five in the Sermon on the Mount that says, praise for those who persecute you. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Let me give you a little context. Jesus was hanging on a cross on a tree and he had nails in his hands and nails in his feet. His back had been ripped to shreds and he had a crown of thorns upon his head. His beard had been pulled out. He'd been spit upon, mocked and ridiculed. If anybody had the right not to forgive somebody, it was Jesus. If anybody was perfect and had no faults, it was Jesus. And the same man who was fully God who said in Matthew chapter five, forgive those who persecute you and pray for them is the same man who hung upon a tree, looked down and prayed, father, forgive them for they know not what They do. That's the kind of God that we serve. He is full of mercy. He is full of love and compassion and grace, and it never ever runs out. Man, I'm thankful for that because how many times have I offended Him? How many times have I cowered and done things that He called me not to do? And I disobeyed Him, and every single time, I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. And if we are a people who have received grace, we're a people who must extend grace. And some of you have been here today. I didn't say this first service. Some of you here today, you know who you need to forgive? You need to forgive yourself. You're so bound up in shame and guilt and things that you have done in your past. And I know what you did in your past. It might have been horrible. It might have been bad. But Jesus is the only one who can forgive you and also erase it from the existence of his memory. He says, I recall your sins no more. It is Today is the day for you to walk in freedom and forgiveness even over your own life and your own mistakes that you've made. Can somebody clap their hands in here today if you believe that? You are free by the blood of Jesus. Pray for them. Final thing is this. You guys getting something out of this? Final thing is this, is rely on the strength of the Holy Spirit. When Paul Barry had me in that jujitsu hold, And I was trapped, and I was in pain, and I couldn't move. I could not save myself. And when it comes to forgiving people, none of us are able to do it in our own strength. But there is one who Jesus says it is greater that he goes and that the Holy Spirit comes that lives in the inside of you, that whatever you lack, he is able to make up wherever you're weak, he is strong. You say, David, you don't know what they did to me. I do not know what they did to you. But the God that we serve knows fully what happened. And he will meet you at your darkest moment in your weakest state in a position you say, I cannot let go. I'm going to carry this on. I'm going to carry this on. And he can say, today is a new day. You can forgive because you've been forgiven. You can pray because the Holy Spirit will pray through you. And every single day of your life, you wake up and you say, Holy Spirit, I need your help. Holy Spirit, I need your power. And I know we know about the Holy Spirit in our mind, but some of us need to know the Holy Spirit in our spirit ourselves. We need to know his power of the resurrection. We need to know the strength that comes from him, the help that comes from him. If the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave really dwells inside of me, Think about that. I know we say it just like, oh, the same spirit, rose, cross, great, grave dwells inside of you. It's like, no big deal. That's a huge deal. If that same spirit lives inside of me and lives inside of you and your marriage and your home and your relationships and your workplace lives inside of wherever you go, then he can change everywhere you go. And this is what you do. This is simple, but it takes obedience. It's every day you wake up, Holy Spirit, I need you. And the next day, Holy Spirit, I need you. God, my flesh is weak, but your spirit is strong. I need you. Not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. I need you. I can't accomplish this in my own strength and my own ability. I can't let this person go and erase the debt that was done to me. But Holy Spirit, I need you. And this is what he'll do. When you start praying that prayer every single day, and your marriage has been in a wreck, you've come from seasons that people have just done you wrong, I'm telling you, my friend, the Holy Spirit will meet you. He is the closest friend you can ever ask for. And he'll never abandon you or leave you in your moment of need. every Every single day. Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need your power. Lord, if I'm going to forgive them, you got to help me, and he will help you. This is what Philippians chapter 2 says, and we'll close with this. God is doing a work in you. Whatever your name is. God's doing a work in David, giving me the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Some of you right now, you just, God's going to start just even today just giving you a willingness to forgive. Just a desire to forgive. You never even thought about it before because what's been done to you has been so bad. And just even the notion of that seems to set them free. But what you're learning today is actually setting you free. And just the willingness to say, okay, God, this is tough. This is a fight. This is a struggle. But I'm willing. And if you're willing, His power will show up. Thank you for listening.